was, was this a statement game in any way for you guys? Yeah, I mean, you guys can define all that stuff the way you want, and it's cool. You know, we're going to just define it in terms of what we think we're capable of playing like. And I, I promise you all the different things in that game that we feel like we can do better. But the things that we did well, you know, we stand on and we build on, and things we can do better, we got to take with us out to Arizona and find a way to keep getting better. So that's what we expect out of each other. You know, our offense to be moving the ball down the field, no problem and putting points on the board. But we need to just keep being consistent. That's the biggest aspect I got out of this game. All right, welcome to Brother from Another. Read it. I'm just going to get right here. Get right here. The official team of Brother from Another is the Detroit Lions. It was the Detroit Lions. It is the Detroit Lions. It shall be. It shall be. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Let me tell you how relationships work. Okay. There's some, there's some bad times. There's some rough times you go through. There's some times it's not always pleasant. But I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for you. When you're struggling, nobody else is there for you. When nobody else has your back, Detroit, I'm there for you. When you lose by 32 points in Baltimore, I'm going to be there for you. When Rita Hubbard is starting fights with you on X, formerly known as Twitter, when Rita Hubbard is calling you out your name, calling you names you ain't seen in the Bible, I'm going to be there for you. Okay? So, no. No. I am not abandoning the Detroit Lions, but I got to wonder about you. You start fights. I can't take you. I can't take you nowhere. I absolutely do not you, start fights, but what hey, I do do is finish them. I don't, I am never the troublemaker, Holly, ever. I don't, oh, I do not initiate start? anything. Tell me how this fight okay. starts. I, I, okay. First of all, Detroit, just for the record, Detroit, the official team of brother from another, uh, came into the team, right? Came into the game, riding high. Against Baltimore, not only did I think that they would beat Baltimore, uh, (laughs) (laughs) why do y'all keep going to my timeline? I think is the better question. (laughs) Uh, Listen, listen, and that's the one we can use. Uh, Okay, okay, yeah, well, we use that one too. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) go back home feeling like your colors. All right, so. Not only did I think that they would go and win, I thought um, I thought it was a good it's a good opportunity to play some money on the Detroit Lions. So I put a little something on Detroit in this game, and when it got to seven nothing, I'm not worried. 14, 21 nothing. What? 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 Oh, wait a minute. Twenty. They scored again. It's twenty eight nothing. What's going on here? What's going on? And then, and then Dan Campbell says after the game, you know, I, I loved our energy. You did, Coach. <laughs> what? What did you love about it? Follow up question. Follow up question. Hi, 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 hey. Follow up question. Hey, you know, this guy, uh, Michael Holly, NBC Sports. I said follow up question. It's got a follow up question. What did you love about the energy when you're down twenty eight nothing? Anyway, I believed in it. But you started that fight. You weren't. Fi- you didn't finish it. You started it and finished it. Who was fighting with you? When they start fighting true. on Thursday? When they, start, when they start fighting? That, they started the week they going say? into the game. Lions fan. And look, this is the thing. I was rooting for the Lions this season, and and I'm not gonna say I'm not rooting for the Lions because you know when you have a franchise like the Lions who is essentially been a poverty franchise. Let's be real here, right? They just don't know what it's like to have winning 
uh, accomplishments. I was rooting for them to do well. And then this week came and I saw so many Lions fans, Holly, talk so much trash. I did not eat. I was like, what did the Ravens do to the Lions fans? I'm confused. We're not even in the same conference. So I don't know. Like they were very sassy all week. Very, very sassy. And all they kept they're saying sassy. was, they're all you got to do is get Lamar to throw. Oh, this is easy. They went in by 10. Oh, it took Justin Tucker to kick a 60 six-yard field goal to beat him the last time. Absolutely uh, forgetting the fact that Marquise Brown dropped three touchdown passes in that game. And so it, it is what it is. So once they got sassy, Holly, I decided I was going to get sassy back. And when they got up big, it was my time to shine. And that's exactly yeah, what I did. I, you, 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 Listen, we were rooting for you all until you got cute, until you thought this blue wave thing was going to be a thing where you brought your little blue jerseys to M&T Bank Stadium and you got skull drag. You got shellacked at the bank. Okay. <laughs> so maybe you can humble yourselves a little bit. And maybe we'll root for you again. But as of right now, the Flockers are off the Detroit Lions bandwagon because y'all don't know how to act now that you were 5-1 and one coming into this game. And the national media, no. too, because nobody picked the yeah, Ravens. Well, I, saw, I saw. Guilty. So. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Now, listen, mm-hmm. you, you bring up some excellent points. Bring up some excellent points, Rita. And, and to keep up with the relationship analogy. Now, listen, I'm not regretting the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> But you're definitely right. thinking we're, about it. You, think uh, you made the right you decision, know. aren't you? Tell us hey, the truth. Hey, we just got married last week. Last week, <laughs> it, we, we made it official. It wasn't like, because before it was just a little cute thing. You know how it is. You have your mm-hmm. little crush. It's a little cute. Ain't no accountability. Oh, that's my crush. Oh, oh. He cute. She cute. You know, the whole thing. There's no accountability, no responsibility. You see him every now and then. It's fine. Now, when y'all move in together, it's a different level. <laughs> now y'all really go, yeah, hey, hey, you gonna make it, you gonna make it government? We became government official last week, Detroit. We became government official last week. And what Rita Hubbard says is absolutely true. See, I didn't notice about you. When you move in with somebody, you get married, you find out some habits, some things you find out you're pleasantly surprised by. Other things, not so much. Now, Detroit, I wouldn't have guessed Detroit. You haven't won a playoff game. You won one playoff game since 1957. Uh, you've never been to a Super Bowl. Never been to a Super Bowl. Haven't won your division in 30 years. Over 30 years. Okay? I would never guess that lack of humility. Like, you lack humility. What? The Detroit Lions lack humility? That should be a given. That's something you should. That's an automatic. 1957, I said, y'all. 1957. Hey, like they've never been to a Super Bowl ever. They've been doing the Super Bowl for a long time. Nope. Like before, before I was born, they've been doing the Super Bowl for a long time. You mm-hmm. never been, and you're not humble. What's wrong with that? Like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with I you? Just, so now, yeah, I'm sorry. Mm. I just I don't understand the logic behind that. I understand being excited about your team, and I I am all for people being excited about their team. But I just never seen so much trash talking from a non divisional opponent in my life, and I was just like, wow, what's going on here? Like, we just can we act like I want to say, can we act like we've been here? But you know, it, it's hard to act somewhere where you've never been. So that's where we are. That's right. So now tell me this. All right, we, we've talked about 
historical losers. Detroit's historical losers, but in this marriage are going to another level. I still believe I'm going to see them in Vegas. Okay. They're going to be in Vegas. All representing right. the NFC. Representing the NFC. And maybe it's a rematch against the Ravens. I do want to talk about the Ravens here because we talked about Detroit. But Baltimore, uh, I'm just, I've been following them this year. And it, just, it just confused me. Not really sure. I saw Pittsburgh just steal a game from them. Just literally take a game that they dominated. They lose that game in Heinz Field. It was just the strangest thing I've seen. But this Ravens team that I saw yesterday, they look like they're capable of winning a championship. Tell me what you think the peak is of the Baltimore Ravens, Rita. You're right in the backyard. And what are some of the what are some of the soft spots that the Ravens need to clean up? I'm not talking about yesterday, just big picture. Because yesterday there were no soft spots. Right. I just really feel like the Ravens, what you saw yesterday is what a lot of people expected from this offense. And, you know, I don't know if it's because preseason guys don't really play and, you know, there were injuries that were going on, particularly on the offensive line, which I got to shout out the offensive line for what they did in terms of protecting Lamar and keeping him, um, you know, being able to look downfield yesterday. But, you know, whatever happened, they had a slow start. And there's a lot of inconsistencies in that offense. Luckily for them, the defense has essentially been what's carried them through their good and their bad because they've had good games, right? They played really well against Cleveland, Cincinnati, and of course yesterday Detroit, but then you have the Steelers game, the Texans game, eh, you know, and the Colts game essentially they, they when they lost as well. Um, so their defense has really held it down for them while they try to gel and try to figure things out, but I think a lot of people's expectations of what this offense was going to be was what they saw yesterday today. The biggest question mark for the Ravens is, can they continuously play at the level that they played on offense yesterday? And I don't think that has anything to do with Lamar Jackson because Lamar has played Mm. phenomenal football this year. And at times his teammates have let him down, his offensive line, as well as as his receivers. But if they can find a way to be consistent, not even necessarily dominant the way that they were yesterday, but just be consistent on offense, this team is nasty. Coming into the game on Sunday, the Lions, I don't know if you care about this type of stuff, but the Lions were number two in the league in DVOA. The Ravens were six. And what was really keeping them down was their offense and their lack of consistency. So just imagine if they can just put 26, seven points each game with that defense, which is one of the best in the National Football League. I really feel like that they are true Super Bowl contenders if that offense can continuously click. I think you're right. Look, the way they were playing yesterday and Lamar Jackson keeping him healthy. Look, I, I, and Lawrence Jackson has been talking about Lamar all year. He's like, Lamar's my MVP. Lamar's my MVP. He keeps saying that about Lamar. And you can see, yesterday, you can see why. I mean, the one play, Rita, where it looks like he should have been sacked or stopped for a lot, something, he's able to escape and throw an easy touchdown pass. He was not, he's a fast guy who was not mentally sped up at all in that game. He was just so chill. He was so composed. It was just, I know it's not easy. He made it look easy. He did. Yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what will happen with Baltimore if Lamar stays healthy. That's what some of the haters brought up when Lamar could have left Baltimore uh, after this, uh, after last season. Uh, You know, had his little dispute. See, once again, relationships, you have disputes. 
They can smooth it out. Nobody's talking about it anymore. But what are the, the haters? Money will always like change everything. I, you know, That's and right. you and I know this highly, yeah. and, and everybody else. Money will make everything go away, as far as we know. Well, well a lot of it. You make well, a lot of it go things. away. Now, most, the most things. Now, most things can be settled with money, and that's what happened with Lamar you, and the Wiggins. But you, you have, uh, you have, you have humbled us, us Detroit fans. And you've given <laughs> us a good lesson because you know what? You're right. You're right. Baltimore. Why would Baltimore have beef with Detroit? Baltimore wouldn't. So we have to learn as we as we work our way up and learn how to be successful. Learn how to carry ourselves. As champions, we have to know who our allies are and who our enemies are. Baltimore is an ally. As a matter of fact, Cleveland so I thought, is an so ally. I thought coming into the game, I yeah. thought that too. Yeah, Cleveland's an ally. All these, like, your enemies are the people who have been talking about you in your division. Minnesota is an enemy. Chicago's your enemy. Green Bay's your enemy. That's here. Yep. It's it's division. It's territorial. You got to know. The rest of the country likes to see you. Your own division is hating on you. Okay, you just got to understand that. We got a long way to go. This is marriage. We're gonna, we have a beautiful marriage. It's going to be a beautiful marriage. Okay, let me, let <laughs> Are you sure here? Yeah, because I feel like I feel like the lipstick is coming the off record, the pig. Are we sure? Are we sure? On the air, on, publicly, I say yes. I'm sure, but okay. let's talk offline. Let's talk offline. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, so let me switch gears though and talk about another. Um, I guess a problematic developing problematic relationship here. Talk about the Buffalo Bills. They're eight and a half point favorites, seven and a half to eight and a half, depending on which betting line you went with seven and a half, eight and a half point favorites going into Foxborough yesterday. Patriots were one in five reeling just really uh, in, in a crisis, the whole organization in a crisis and the Patriots wind up winning the game. Uh, here's Josh Allen post game. Here's Bill Belichick post game. Well, I wish I knew the exact answer because we'd we'd have it fixed by now. So um, I'm gonna watch this film and, and find a way to to get there, whatever it is. Um, you know, our season's not over. It's a long season. I know it feels pretty bleak right now, but um, you know we're we're gonna figure it out. You all right? You sure okay? Yeah. Was it, did it Thank protect you. you at all today? You looked a little lost at, at times, I thought, but. Pain management, any of that factor at all? No, we're good to go. That's a hell of a job this week, fellas. That's a way to believe in yourselves. That's a way to stick together. All right, and that's a way to compete for 60 minutes. Yep. 60 minutes. Great job. Great job. Man. Bill, what is your reaction uh, to becoming the third head coach with 300 wins behind uh, Don Shula and George Ellis? Um. I mean, it's great. I'm really more focused on, you know, our team in this year and worry about that later. Thank you. <laughs> okay, first of all, he's lying. Okay, he's lying. It's a big deal. 300 wins. He's only Absolutely. three guys in NFL history to do that. Uh, it's an incredible accomplishment. And it's, it's okay to just open up about that for a little bit because a lot of us, this is the only time in our lifetimes that we're going to see a coach with 300 wins for some. Yep. I mean, you don't know. Like, like there's some kids out there who, like George Hallis, who's he? What they weren't they weren't around for Hallis. Shula retired or was forced to retire. What 1995, 1996? That was like 27 years ago. My math is right. So 
or, 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 or longer, whatever, like 27 years ago, somewhere in there. Yeah, my math is right. 27 Whatever years year ago. that it got skull dragged, hey. I think, in the, in the uh, hey. AFC playoff game is when they told him, go, no. please just go, go to the sunset. But that was Jimmy. I think that was Jimmy. I think Jimmy got the one that Jimmy got took a, his last game was a, ooh, it was a beat down in the playoffs. Jimmy Johnson with the Dolphins. But so, oh, okay. My so, bad. So, wrong, wrong so beat for down. Bill Belichick, <laughs> I know. I know you, you everybody else just want to crush the Dolphins today. Everybody want to crush the Dolphins historically <laughs> and currently. So yeah, you know, props to Belichick. He got a new contract too. We learned yesterday before the game. I think he put that out there just to tell his players. I think he leaked that. Let his players know. No, I'm not going anywhere. Focus on this season. Stop thinking that you're going to have me get out of the way to bail you out. Nope. I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm going to hold you accountable, but the larger picture for Buffalo is you've won six of the last seven against the Patriots. They haven't found a way to stop Josh Allen. They haven't found a way to step to stop Stephon Diggs. They did both yesterday at critical times and you're the Buffalo Bills. You're supposed to be the best team in the division. Here you are at four and three, seven games in. Rita, are you at all worried about the Bills who I think are a fantastic team that they just haven't played that way consistently this year. I feel like that that's been the case for them for a couple of years now. I mean, and, and that's probably something people will argue with me about, and that's fine. But it, it does feel like that this has been who they've been for the last two years. And and I, look, admittedly so, right? They're dealing with some injuries, particularly on the defensive side. Um, and Vaughn Miller it, it hasn't been back to his real form, you know, since he's returned. But ultimately, it does. it's concerning in the sense of you lose to the Jets. And I do understand that's week one. And, and you know, everything was flying high and such but you lose to the Jets week one you go to London you lose to the Jags and then you lose to the Patriots three teams that I think anybody would have assumed that the Bills would have beaten handedly now you beat the Dolphins I mean you beat them down to the break pads and and the Dolphins at the time were the flying high team that you know everybody was jumping on so when it comes to formidable opponents you find a way to win these games but you struggled against the Giants you know, who offensively isn't that good. They just scored their first offensive touchdown yesterday of the season. And then you play, you you underplay yourselves with these other guys like the Patriots who, you know, the Patriots, yes, they're coached by Bill Belichick. So you have to always consider that. But when you look at their talent level, particularly at the quarterback position, you don't feel like that they're any threat to anybody. And I don't understand right. how the Bills put themselves in a predicament of doing that. But again, Holly, this is something that we saw last year. You know, them barely beating the Jets last year. Them, You know, they, this is what they've been doing for a couple of years now. I don't know how they find a way to get out of this funk because the Bills are supposed to be much better than what we've seen from them thus far. And I've only seen really two games this season, that game against the Dolphins and the one against the Commanders where they really came out and was just forcing themselves. And it was nothing you could do. Uh, you know, everything that they wanted to do, they could, and no one could stop them. All the other games just have felt like they're just kind of hanging around. And I don't really understand how yeah. they've gotten to that point. And if they don't fix that soon, it's going to be a problem because even though Miami is, you know, they haven't beaten a, a, a good team as of yet, they're still right now first place in the AFC East. Mm. Yeah, you know, Rita, when we talked about Detroit, their problem is lack of humility. 
It's not that Buffalo lacks humility. Buffalo is a little insecure, a little defensive about something that has come up over the years. Now we know they went to four straight Super Bowls in the 1990s, four straight Super Bowls, four straight. They lost four straight. So, you know, got a little chip on the shoulder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We went to the Super Bowl. Give us our respect. Yeah. We lost them. They, you know, it's a little sensitive, a little sensitive. Then they were on their way. They were on their way to an AFC championship. Only had to hold on for 13, 13 seconds. That's it. Just 13, 13 seconds. seconds in Kansas City. 13 seconds. Just hold on for 13 seconds. We got it. Josh Allen goes to Gabe Davis on the sideline. Say, hey, hey, that's the way to step up to get us to the AFC championship game. Hold on. Not quite. Not quite. They didn't get there. Last year in Buffalo, which I don't know if you've ever been to Buffalo. It's miserable. Like weather-wise, it's miserable. And it Western snowed New that York. day too, correct? Yeah, that, that Western New York snowed. in January. So you're in Buffalo. You're the Buffalo Bills. You're at home. It's snowing. You should have the home field advantage. No, Cincinnati comes in. They act like they live in Buffalo. They push <laughs> you around, get you out the way. And so they're sensitive. That's why, last point I'll make here, that's why when Liv moves, comes up at you and says, I'm coming for your neck. <laughs> Shout out to Liv, too, because she's been to she said about Josh Allen. She got a lot of flack earlier this week because she said she didn't think that the Bills were what y'all thought that they were, and she caught Ooh. hell from Bills Mafia. And now, who's laughing now? She said what she said, and she said it, and they lost. So y'all just fight. Y'all, y'all some fighters. Y'all some. I want, bring that. Bring that first. I want that first tweet back. Where's that, that first one? I just love it. I saw this yesterday. I, I'm coming for your necks. That's right. What's wrong with her? Nothing. What's Not wrong a thing. With Liv? Not a thing. She and she was. She had receipts. She had people. She had screenshots some people, and she posted them on the timeline. Shout out to her. I love somebody oh. that can pull some receipts, and so she deserved to have a day. Live. I hope you had a great day yesterday. Oh, I love it. I, you know, we're gonna talk with somebody who's not a fighter. He just he plays it down the middle. Mike Jones. I Mike Jones is not a fighter, is he? Is Mike Jones a fighter? We'll ask him. We'll ask, when Mike comes on, I'm going to ask him the last time he's been in a fight. I would like to say I'm a lover, actually, and not a fighter. Jason Kelsey starts it off. Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, is right there. You know, haven't been able to drive because you've seen it, right? You've seen it across the league that people can't do it like we can do it. They can't do it like we can do it, and. Uh, and so I'm making my plug right there, like, don't don't ban this play. Like, if everyone could do it, everybody would. Where's the camera? If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. Standpoint, look like you were a little hot. It'll be fine. Did up putting a brace on Jalen I did. Is that anything you think that will affect you going forward? I hope not. Did it happen in game or? No. All right, welcome back to the show. Mike Jones is here. That was uh, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts uh, after a game that Mike Jones actually attended last night. It's Philadelphia and Miami in Philly. Philly wearing the Kelly Green, by the way, Mike Jones. 
wearing that Kelly green. Ooh, I, yeah. you know, maybe mm. it's because I haven't seen it in a while. It's just, mwah, it's just perfect. It's just the look. It's the look. It's clean. It's green. It's good. I love uh, it. Yeah, with the, the silver pants Ooh. to go with it. I mean, they just they, they need to they need to bring it back permanently, like starting today. Oh, word. Don't go back to the other thing. This is the look right here. This is hot. Yeah. That's the right look. Er, like even yeah. if you can't play, like Rita is Rita kind of has that green on right now. I even do. If you can't even if you can't play, you look like you can play wearing that uniform. I, mean, I saw Julio yeah. Jones. I saw the picture of like all the receivers, Julio and uh, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, and then Ocho Cinco was at the game, and they were all standing there. I said, "Man, Julio looked like he can go for like, you know, twelve catches. I know he can't, but it you know, just look you looked apart when you're wearing that. But yeah. not only did they look apart, the they played apart. What was your takeaway? Your number one takeaway from that matchup last night?" was that, look, they needed a big response after the awful, disappointing, stunning loss that they had to the Jets where it was filled with missed opportunities and self-inflicted wounds. If they are who they say they are, they needed to come back in a big way, and they did just that. They started off a little slow, but that's what we see from them. But the one thing that is consistent with them is they are unfazed by any little hiccups. They shrug it off. They're resilient. And they deliver some really strong complimentary football. Their offense was a little bit slow. They turn the ball over. The defense gets a stop. The offense marches down and scores. The defense has another stand. The off. I mean, they just really know how to put together a physical, well-rounded performance. And so I think that they answered the questions. We were wondering, okay, what happens when you get hit in the mouth? And that's what happened when they went up to New York. Should not have happened, but it did. And they even talked about, hey, we've got to come out with field response. And they did just that. So they answered questions for me. They are among the elite in the NFC. Um, and any team will have struggles matching up with them because of how versatile their offense is and how dynamic their defense is at each level. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I agree. I do think that their resilience is a big part of their their makeup as a team. You know, you see Jalen Hurts throw that pick six, and my favorite thing about him is that he really he lets it go. You know, he doesn't let it carry on and he doesn't hold on to those types of things he knows that he has to go back out there and continue to make plays and he did just that and it didn't look like you know he was hindering that pick and so to me that says a lot about the makeup of your football team and I you know obviously this was a big test for them because you know we know that Miami uh is as good as they are on offense was going to be a, a big contest for them and they not only did they pass the test I mean they passed it with flying colors you know and look we can see and say, oh, Miami didn't have their guys in the secondary and blah, blah. At the end of the day, people still out there getting paid. People still out there making plays. And they did what they were supposed to do, which is win handedly against one of the better teams in the National Football League. I mean, I never really felt contested to say, oh, are they a, a contender in the NFC like you, Mike? I mean, obviously, depending on how that game went, like if they lost big time, that's something that I think I would have questioned. But I think ultimately, I think that their makeup is so good and their roster is so good that to me they're never out of the conversation no I agree with you uh, and the thing is with them is 
they didn't just beat the Dolphins. They held the Dolphins, that really electrifying offense, to a season low in yards and a season low in points. Tyreek Hill was averaging 135 yards a game. He only had 88 yesterday. Uh, they didn't let them get the run game going. And Mike McDaniel really likes to run the ball, uh, and he believes in balance. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. These guys were legit. Their defense came when the offense had the hiccups. The defense made sure that they erased those transgressions for them. It just They're just really, really well-rounded, one of the best teams out there. And uh, we're going to see them making a deep run in January, I think. I want to switch gears, uh, Mike and Rita. I want to ask you both about this. Uh, I think one of the easiest things to do in all sports, particularly uh, in, in basketball, this happens all the time in basketball, basketball fans throughout the game, and it's annoying to sit next to some of them, throughout the game will just ride the officials. Oh, you can't believe you missed that. Oh, you traveled. You missed that. You know, just like, I, okay, every now and then, sure, but the entire game is too much. But yesterday, it seemed it was weird. Something was in the air. There were a few games, Mike and Rita, where the officials factored into the final score, some one way or the other. For example, the, the Indianapolis game. Uh, Indianapolis lost it by a point. Cleveland 39, Indianapolis 38. Down the stretch, there was a play where a, a fumble, a fumble would have essentially, a fumble and recovery would have essentially ended the game for the Colts, give the Colts a win. Official comes in, calls holding, called another pass interference penalty. That was a little shaky. The ball appeared to be uncatchable. Ball was placed at the one-yard line. Kareem Hunt goes in, and Cleveland wins the game. Pittsburgh, a fourth down. I've looked at the replay many times. I like the Steelers. I didn't see them convert this fourth down. I just, I didn't see it. Because they didn't. Uh, and so, and, and, right. And so that affects the game. Now you can look at Kareem Jackson being ejected from his second game this season. Uh, his hit on the sideline uh, gets him ejected from the game. Whatever. Maybe he should know better. I don't know. But I, I just... I wonder what you all see. And Mike, I'll start with you. What do you all see? And those are just a few examples. I'm probably left out a couple more from officiating that that is affecting the games. What what did you see, Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, they, they are human. Um, and I feel like every year we see this, it's just in different forms. You know, I think last year, the year before that, it was all those ticky-tack rough-in-the-passer calls that really were changing the complexion of games. Um, these, you know, especially the one with the Steelers, that one was just really blatant. Um, and they weren't able to challenge that was the thing that was so unfortunate because that could have really changed things. I don't know what the solution is. Um, you know, they've had a lot of turnover at the, uh, the referees um, positions and things like that. Uh, but some of these guys have been on there for a couple of years now. You are hoping that they are there to enforce the rules, but not be a part of the outcome. But sometimes it happens. And sometimes there's human error where they make uh, the wrong calls because they have to make it in a split second. Now they have the replay, but even so it's got to be, you know, conclusive. If there's any question, they've got to go with what they called on the field. And it's unfortunate that uh, we're talking about that on some of these outcomes rather than the plays that guys made, but that's just part of the game. 
Yeah, it is. And it's very unfortunate. And it's not even just this week, Holly, because when I was on the show last week, my feed said NFL referees want to be bad bees. It really feels like they are trying to incorporate themselves in these football games with the poor decisions that's being made. The problem, guys, that I have is, is that what what is forcing the NFL to make a change? I mean, is viewership going down? Like, what is actually happening for the NFL to really say we need to do an overhaul with the way these games are officiated? And as of right now, I don't think that there's anything to force them to do anything differently about this. And he's already mentioned the turnover for the referees. I just don't, you know, we've heard about, oh, having full-time refs. I don't ever think that that's going to be a thing, whether people like it or not, because there's only a certain amount of games and they only play them a couple of days a week. So I don't know what the answer is. And again, what is the NFL? What what is forcing them to make this game better? We're going to keep watching, and so it's right. going to be what it's going to be. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't know the answer to that question. What's going to force them to make this game better? I don't know. But uh, full time officials, yes, I would. I would be with. It's not going to solve the problem because, as I mentioned off the top, NBA has full time officials, and their fans hate. It. They hate. It. They hate the officials. Right. You know, it's yeah. Other sports do too. It, it, it's part of a tradition to kind of complain about the officials. But I guess what's so frustrating, and Mikey said it off the top, when you have technology, you have technology theoretically is there to help clarify some of these controversial um, decisions. And either you say, well, we can't use it in this case. Well, I mean, you can't use it, it's there. You should right. be able to override. Want to get it right? The league right. should, yeah. yeah, the league should be able to come in and say, "No, nah, okay, we're not going to let a game in with something that we know to be an error." That just doesn't make good sense to me. Uh, by the way, before I forget, uh, Ian Rappaport, NFL Insider, uh, just tweeted that the Eagles made a trade. They're trading for Kevin Bayard, the uh, the safety from wow, Tennessee. From Tennessee? Mike, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Mike, what do you think about that? I know he was uh, an all-pro a couple of years ago. I don't know if his yeah. play has slipped off. I, I honestly haven't followed him since their team has slipped a bit. What do you think about this move for Philly? Well, you know, it, it's good for Philly from this standpoint. Look, they have had a ton of injuries in their secondary, especially their safety position. They've got some young guys who have played well. Sidney Brown, uh, Reed Blankenship. But both of those guys have struggled with injury and struggled to stay on the field. And so when you get a guy like Bayard, that is somebody that's got experience, the eight-year veteran. He's a two-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. Yesterday, uh, Darius Slay was talking about how, look, you know, early on we were struggling a little bit. We got a lot of young guys back there, and we're talking, and we're trying to get them coached up and trying to get everybody on the same page and teach them on the fly. Well, now you have a veteran guy that you can – have in the meeting rooms to help these young guys and then have them on the field uh, and, and be almost like a coach on the field for some of these situations. And so that way you're not having, because the touchdown to Tyreek Hill, um, they said, you know, that was a lapse, uh, mid-communication breakdown. They had the third and 18 uh, where they let them get uh, the first down before that touchdown. And, you know, so there was some communication issues there. So they need to have some stability. They haven't had health. But having Bayard, he should help them. I'm not saying he's going to solve everything, but just having some experience, a guy who's been there can help learn, uh, help teach and train these young guys. It should be a good thing for their secondary. Mike, we love having you on, man. And, you know, I don't want to start any trouble, but, you know, Rita started some fights uh, yesterday. Uh, Liv Moods 
starting some fights. I'm just wondering, when's Lionel. the last time you were in a fight? What what happened? What happened? When's the last time you were in a fight, Mike Jones? I mean, I'm always in Twitter fights with Washington fans. I mean, you say any little negative thing and they think that, you know, you're attacking them. They haven't done anything for 35 years worth, you know, really praising. Um, I had a little bit of a dust up with D'Angelo Hall one time outside the locker room, but he and I kissed (laughs) and made up, you know. Uh, I'm not, I'm a lover. I get a little passionate sometimes. And, you know, sometimes that's channeled the wrong way. Uh, You know, I don't want to fight. I want to get along, but, you know, sometimes... Just get a little heated. Passion is yeah, what I call it. You know, I, I like that. D'Angelo Hall, you were like, wait, wait a minute. Oh, he's serious. Hey, hold me back. You better be. Hey, you lucky <laughs> no, no. to hold me back. D'Angelo Hall is small, man. That's my guy now. Oh, so you're like, saying you can take I, D'Angelo Hall? Is that what you're telling us? Yo, I'm just saying that D. Hall and I like are similar sizes. I've probably got a little, a few pounds on him. <laughs> okay, but D. Hall okay. don't back down from anything. <laughs> Just thank Raheem okay. Morris there for, for, for walking up and protecting D-Hall from sitting here. <laughs> okay, we're going to have a Next time you're on, D'Angelo Hall is going to be on, brother, from another. We can get his side of the story. Okay, I want to hear his version of events. I like your version. By the way, I'm I believe gonna... Mike's version. I believe him. Okay. Yo, we're... Hold him back. Okay. Hold we, him back. We are... Hey, we're... it all ended up well. But neither one of us was scared of the other one. So maybe that'll tell you something. We're both a little, you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mike Jones, good stuff. You fight for information, though, man. You fight for the truth. You fight <laughs> right. for justice. That's what I like. Um, you got to be more successful on, on possession downs if you want more fluidity in the engineering of victory. I appreciate the fight. Uh, the, the guys display, they, they got a don't, don't blink mentality. Uh, obviously, we got to clean up some things from a management of our emotions, but I would much rather say whoa than sick them. But I just love to fight in this group. Um, they don't blink, man. They cut their eyelids off, man. They, they, they go at it. <laughs> grow. Learn and grow. Can they do that in game or does that have to be addressed during the week? In totality. I'm talking about as we move forward. There's nothing that we can do about what transpired today, man. That tape's in the can. Um, but we can learn from our experiences if we're professional, and it's reasonable to expect that to happen. Rita, I, I just need you to know. I don't know if you know this. After every Steelers game, I don't have anything to do with the game. After every Steelers game, I'm like, where's that press conference? Where's that Mike T press conference? I got to hear it. So yesterday, post Rams Steelers, I'm like, where's my press conference? I'm like, keep going. Keep asking him questions. Keep asking him questions because Mike Tomlin just gives you stuff just naturally. Uh, you know, I'd rather say whoa than sick him. <laughs> they, cut their, they cut their eyelids off. What? <laughs> what is he talking about? That means. But he just, it, they just all, they just all just kind of roll off. All these, they, they, these phrases, the standard is the standard. And, we want volunteers and not hostages and all the stuff that he says just kind of flows out of him very naturally. And by the way, I'm talking about what he says, but the DNA of his team. So you know you can coach when your teams year after year, even if some of the personnel changes, your teams kind of do the same thing. They're known for something positive. And his team, he does have a team full of fighters. 
Look, there's no way, based, based on their offensive uh, production, there's no way the Pittsburgh Steelers should be 4-2. They have been, they have given up more points than they've scored because their offense is terrible. They got a bad offense. They scored 24 yesterday. They got a bad offense, Rita. And they've gotten to four victories because they stole one from y'all. They just <laughs> took it. They took one from Baltimore in the division. I mm-hmm. saw them do the same thing on Monday Night Football against Cleveland. Yep. They were bad. Yep. Like They were bad, and they scored on defense. They made things happen on defense. And that's two wins right there. So he said yesterday, I'd rather be four and two than three and three. How about you rather be four and two than two and four? Because based on their offense, they should be two and four. So I'm just here. I'm here to praise Mike Tomlin. He like year after year. I know they haven't won the Super Bowl. I know some people in Pittsburgh say, hey, how about his playoff record? I'd like to see some more playoff wins. It's amazing what he's been able to do year after year with that franchise. I'm a fan. I don't know about you. I'm a fan. I mean, listen, obviously I ain't supposed to say this because, you know, he (laughs) is the coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I I do think that Mike Tomlin is a phenomenal coach, and I just don't think that there's any question about it. The way he you know, gets his team to overachieve week after week, says a lot about him and his leadership uh, for that organization. And, you know, this defense continues to be phenomenal. TJ Watt is probably going to end up being defensive player of the year. Again, he's keeping those guys in games, had a big interception yesterday to get them uh, inside the 10, I believe. Um, In the Cleveland game, you mentioned they had some turnovers there that kind of got them uh, for the win. And, you know, defensively, they played well against the Ravens team that ultimately shot themselves in the foot. But at the end of the day, when they needed to make a play, they did just that, um, especially on offense at the end of that game. So they just find ways to win. And, you know, you don't have a real explanation for it because, as you mentioned, they're not good on offense. You know, defense, they're good, but they've essentially had to carry this team. But for somehow, some way, they just find ways to win football games. Now, my biggest question for them is, how is this sustainable? Are they going to be able to continue to do this all year? But basically what we know from Mike Tomlin is he doesn't have losing seasons. So at the very bare minimum, we have to believe that they're going to be nine and eight. And if they can be better than that, then they have completely overachieved. I think that most people saw happening with this type of team with that kind of offense right now. What they're allowing their team to do by playing this way, they're buying their offense time. Now I know they got Deontay Johnson back. And as he said uh, in that press conference, which was great. Okay, great. Uh, In that press conference, he says, hey, Deontay Johnson coming back means that uh, defenses can't just focus on George Pickens. And so that's just buying a little bit more time. One more win, a little bit more time for Matt Canada and this offense to figure it out. I don't know. Now, for all the time they need, they might need two or three years to really get the offense right because that, ooh, uh, they're hard to watch. And you're talking to somebody who is used to watching the Patriots. And they're 12 points a game coming into yesterday, 12 points per game. And that's a bad offense. But this one is, uh, I'd say, equally bad. Yeah. The last thing I want to I want to point out, uh, just, I, I just got to say this. Because in the offseason, we get so excited, don't we? We get so excited in the offseason when moves happen. 
doesn't it seem like five years ago, Rita? You, you tell me the year this happened. It was a long time ago. We saw all these trades happen. Okay, ooh, look at the AFC West. The Raiders, they got Devontae Adams, and they got Derek Carr, their college teammates. The Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. Then you got Justin Herbert in that division. Patrick Mahomes. They might get everybody into the playoffs. This might be the toughest division in football. Uh, 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 uh. Stop. No, no, no. Because this is what great teams do. You know what dynasties do? Dynasties start at home. Then they go global. They start at home. No, we're going to wipe out the division first. We're going to make sure y'all ain't got nothing on us. So Kansas City, long winning streak against the Broncos. The Broncos may never beat Kansas City uh, again. I, I think they'll beat them when, when the U.S., uh, when North America hosts the World Cup, maybe that year, <laughs> 2026. When Patrick Mahomes retires, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe the Broncos will beat the Chiefs. The Chargers don't have much for them. We saw that yesterday. It's a competitive game. And always, Kansas City pulls away in the end. And the Raiders, not ready. Raiders, you go to Chicago, you lose to Chicago? To a dude I've never even beat. heard of before. Never even heard Come of this on. dude before. Give, I know you want to give Patrick Mahomes his flowers. Let's give Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City their flowers. I mean, I mean, how many more flowers do they need? They got bundles and bundles of flowers. He has mm-hmm. a Super Bowl MVP. He has a regular MVP. He has Super Bowl rings. He's been to three Super Bowls in four years. I I don't know how many more flowers he has on his mantle to go with everything else that comes with what he does. But, I mean, it just says so much about Kansas City. And if you watch them offensively, they haven't really looked you know, in sync offensively. But their defense, if I'm not mistaken, is top 10, and they've been able to keep them in games as well because Patty has had a couple of three interception games this season, but ultimately he is still Patrick Mahomes. Like, let me not – let me be clear. He's still Patrick Mahomes, but the Chiefs' offense does look a little different at times. Sometimes they do look like that they're just trying to force things that aren't there. But that defense now has stepped up uh, and played extremely well for them, led by, of course, Chris Jones. So now it does feel like maybe the Chiefs are playing around a little bit because they know that they have a defense that's good enough to keep them at bay in teams like, uh, I was going to say San Diego, where <laughs> LA Chargers. I know, I you do know, it too. Like to do, I do it like all the time. Do really stupid things like go for it on fourth down inside their own 30 all the yards time. And, and such. All the time. But ultimately, hey. look. Chiefs, they are the creme de la creme, not only of the AFC West, but of the AFC in general and even the NFL. Sorry to you, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Y'all don't have it. It's going to be the Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes decides he wants to have it. Real quick, real quick. What do you think uh, Travis Kelsey's exes were saying when they saw Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes doing a little handshake and a little (laughs) bump together? What do you think? What do you think the comments were among the exes? Oh, okay. Oh, Brittany, we were hanging out before. A little bit, you know, probably yeah. like a little phony. That's all I'm saying. Just a little okay. phony. So oh. probably rolling oh, y'all got your own. Y'all got your own handshake now, huh? Look at this. You got your own <laughs> handshake. Here it is. Here it is. Got your own little dance. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now your besties. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now we got to <laughs> deal with all that. <laughs> <laughs> Rita, how you feel about uh, baseball? I know your Orioles were eliminated, but how you feel about 
Game seven. Yes. Texas Astros. I cannot wait. This Texas Rangers Houston Astros series has been phenomenal. Phillies, I feel like they was playing around with their food a little bit, but we'll see if they can be able to find a way to close it in. But that that ALCS, chef's kiss, phenomenal. It is. All right, now, are you still mad at the Astros? Most of America is mad at the Astros. You good with them or no? I never hated the Astros. I not, I don't hate Altuve like everybody else does. That home run, that go-ahead home run he hit the other night was crazy. I'm not mad. You know, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's what I always say. Now, you got caught. We got to call you out. But hey. Love it. Love it, Rita. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> See you later.